Hello and welcome to Nikon Report, your weekly round of all the latest Nikon news and all other photograph announcements that we found interesting. It's Constantine here. And this is Becky. All right, it's number 94. Let's go straight to it. We've got new firmware update for Nikon ZFC. It actually came out after we recorded the podcast last week. Yeah. So sometimes those things happen, but what changes did they make? Here's what they changed. Save focus position and recall focus position have been added to the roles that can be assigned to the custom controls, setting F2 in the custom settings menu. Now, as of November 29th, 2022, these options were supported by the following lenses. 70 to 200 2.8, 100 to 400, 400 2.8, 400 4.5, and 800 6.3. Okay, that's cool. What I personally would like them to do is actually to have an option to lock the focusing point in place so you don't move it accidentally. Yes. And I just I was just wondering, how can you implement it? Obviously, the physical lock, like they did on old bodies, would be nice. Mm. But I was just thinking, if you press OK to reset the button, mm. maybe if you hold it for like three seconds, and then you get some sort of visual confirmation. That it's locked. That it's locked. Something like this, and to unlock you hold it for another three seconds. I, oh. I know that it can create a lot of confusion for people who don't know that and can press it accidentally. Yeah. But for people in the know, that could be a solution. Yeah, I think three seconds would be too long, but at the same time, being able to assign it to a custom settings, you know, function yeah. button or something would be handy. Could also have it in the, as an eye menu option. That's true. And then you can have a little, I don't know, L icon. So, you know, it's like a little warning for people that, yeah, your focusing point is locked, et cetera, et cetera. You so. know, those flagship bodies, you've got the option to lock your shutter speed and aperture, yeah. which is a function that a lot of people don't use, mm -hmm. but is really useful if you know that you don't want your shutter speed and aperture to accidentally change. Yeah, let's say you shoot in a studio and you want to just leave your sync speed at the same setting. Mm -hmm. So that way you don't want, by accidentally moving the, let's say, back or front dial, whichever you assign it to, you don't accidentally move that. That's right. So something like that would be great. Now, tying in with this, the behavior of autofocus during memory recall has been improved to ensure that the focus position will not change in any focus mode, even if the shutter release button is pressed halfway while the focus recall is in progress. So this has to do with your little function buttons that are actually on your front of your lens. And that's why those lenses that have been listed are the ones that are compatible with this feature. It's the memory recall setting of those buttons and mm. the way that those lenses work with that that we're talking about here. Very cool. Now, they've also added that during remote photography with the MLL7... Our favorite one. <laughs> I literally had this question from someone the other day. Yes. Uh, okay, so they've also added that during remote photography with the MLL7, the camera will now focus with every shot taken with AFC selected for focus mode if release is chosen for the custom settings AFC priority selection in the custom settings menu. Now, this is an important one because at the moment, at the time of recording, the MLL7, once you've focused with it when you turn the camera on, it does not then refocus. You just continue to press the button and it will stick to that plane of focus. And the only way to reset it is to turn the camera on and off again or to change the focus on the camera itself. And if you change the focus using AF on on the camera itself, usually the MLL7 then shuts down. So this is really useful and I hope that they're gonna spread this out to the other bodies. Spread the love. Yeah, spread the love to the Z6s and Z6s and 7s and 7s. And the other thing that they fixed is they fixed an issue that sometimes resulted in the setting selected for custom setting F2, custom controls shooting in the custom settings menu, not performing as expected in user setting modes. So lots of little changes there, perhaps not useful for everyone, but useful for some. Yeah, if you go to ZFC, definitely download this update. And it's amazing that they support 
the Nikon equipment. So we're eagerly awaiting for the firmware upgrade. I'm not going to go there. Anyway. Now they also release NX Field version 1.3.0, which is a remote shooting system. Okay, what's it there? It looks like the new version has support for video recording with the Nikon Z9, which is quite cool. Mm -hmm. A tablet can be used during Z9 video recording to check the live view displays of multiple cameras connected to NX Field at the same time. Fancy. It allows you also to configure the camera settings and also perform operations such as starting and stopping video recording on a single screen. Great. In addition, support of Z9 includes new functions that allow primary camera at hand to take over control of remote cameras from the current primary camera. So if you've got one camera, you can take control of another camera. Just hug them. Why the software? That's cool. I like that. Oh, it also allows you the connection between the remote cameras via FTP server um, and also yada, 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 yada. A bunch of protocols are supported. Fantastic stuff. Becky, what do you think? It's pretty cool. Nice. NX Field is a tool that will be used by professionals in a field environment using the software to transfer their files, let's say, while shooting the World Cup and trying yeah. to transfer to a desk. So it's quite timely that they've created these updates, but it's not, a, it's not something for everyone. All right. What I think we should do, we should call some important people at Nikon via my uncle who works at Nikon to tell us, can we have this software and can we test it? So we can report to you how cool is that? Because at the moment, it's only available to professional photographers. It's true. None of the amateurs or hobbyists or enthusiasts can use that, but it would be interesting for us to try it out and just to tell you that it's really cool. You should call NPS. Then they should send us to Qatar so that we can cover <laughs> the Saturday's game. All expenses paid, clearly. Well, you know, Rob is at Qatar in Qatar right now. Good for Rob McNeese. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's the head of MPS. So that's he's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, well, they, I'm sure you can see a lot of photographers with a lot of Nikon and other brand gear. You see behind the goal when you get those goal shots and you see the yeah. number of cameras that they have set behind there that obviously photographers are using yeah. NX Field or something. NX Field would be quite useful and those images are then being uploaded straight to FTP, which is quite cool. So that way you have it pretty much live, especially for if you follow, let's say, live commentary via big news websites. I know Guardian does that and mm -hmm. other. So it is pretty cool. It's pretty much real time. The speeds are there. It would be cool for this functionality to be available to everyone else, not just pros. But I think the time will come eventually. I think so too. Oh, a little commercial break now. Yes, we'd like to interrupt this broadcast to ask you if you would vote for us in the Amateur Photographer Good Service Awards for 2023. Now, the award season has officially opened, which means that you can vote for your favourite retailer who has delivered to you good customer service. And we will include a link in the description box for you to cast your vote. If you vote for Grey's, we would be eternally grateful. The image that you see right now on your screen is pretty much experience at Grace Always Minster. <laughs> we love awards and we also love to win them. <laughs> Who doesn't love a bit of healthy competition after all? Exactly, especially when you win. Now, let's move on to some other Nikon news. Well, Z600mm lens is now being shipped, not just in the United States, but all over the world. There were some shipments in the UK as well. And we started to see some reviews. We saw some reviews. We didn't see lenses. That's true. Well, last week we talked about Steve Perry's review and his comparison with sharpness. This week we have Matt Irvin with 
his first month's real world review. So he had it for a month. Can you imagine that? That's great. So he essentially had it from a moment of announcement. Mm -hmm. But it's great to see him with the lens in hand. And his review is best telly ever? Question mark. I think it is. If you've got the dosh. If you've got the dough for it, then great. We obviously haven't, apart from seeing it with Rishi in person, we haven't had a chance to test it out ourselves. It's probably going to be a little while before we'll be able to do something like that. But it does look to be a remarkable lens that fills a gap in the line between 400 and 800. You need something sort of sitting in the middle there. So we're very excited to see that Matt's gotten his hands on one. You know what else was released into the wild last week? Tell me. It's Nikon MCN 10. It's also been shipped to the dealer, so it's probably still maybe on the boat, but Nikon Japan announced that it's now been released into the wild, and Matt Irvin again had a video about it. Yeah, so his says, Nikon get a grip MCN 10, is it even remotely good? Nice play on words there, Matt. Um, so he's talking about taking video production to the next level with this remote little gizmo thingy-majigger. And if you're interested to see how the MCN10 performs out in the field in a real-world environment, then go check out his video. That's right. I just really want to thank Matt for all he does for Nikon Community and for the, all the videos that he released. If you're actually starting to see from his first videos to the last one, the production values nowadays are through the roof. Like Maybe window. one day, Becky, we will be there. Maybe one day. We need a whole production team. But in the meantime, definitely, if you haven't subscribed to Matt's channel, definitely do that. Now on to some stock news. Nikon Japan have temporarily suspended orders for the Nikon 100-400Z lens because of a large number of orders which exceed their expectations. Now, this is not an uncommon thing for Nikon to do. I will say you'll be pleased to know that we have one or two in stock. So if you are trying to get one before Christmas, get your order in now. So they're available with dealers right now. So if you don't want to wait, and it seems like the wait might be fairly long, it may be something like a month or so after that, definitely scoop them up before that. So at least you'll have it for Christmas period and for January time. But they say that just the amount of orders is too high, so they want to fulfill those orders first before resuming the orders from the dealers again. There you go. Now, more Nikon news. Nikon announced the winners of 2022 Environmental Photographer of the Year competition. Yes. It's now 15th year running. Wow. Can you imagine that? And it's all about the environment. Really? Clues in the name. So, photographer Mehdi Mohebipour has been awarded the highly coveted prize of Environmental Photographer of the Year for his powerful image entitled The Bitter Death of Birds, taken in 2021. The photograph depicts just three of the thousands of birds that died in the Miankala Lagoon in Iran due to lack of water and contamination and the efforts of environmental workers to collect the bodies to prevent the spread of disease. Now, the winning photograph was chosen for its surreal portrayal of the circular nature of life between humans and wildlife. Yeah, I mean, it, it's quite a sad photograph to look at, but I think it's very important to raise the awareness about the issues like this. More Nikon Corporation news. Nikon issued another notice regarding the status of repurchase of shares of a common stock. So since about May or April this year, Nikon is buying their own shares, right? It's I buyback, do remember you know? this, yes. So every month they tell us how much they bought. So let's keep how much they bought. There was a lot of shares bought this month, etc., etc. So today they've bought 12,953,000 shares in a total cost of 19,271,661,000 yen. That's a lot of billion yen. It's a lot of yens. Yeah, probably about £5.50 or so right. in UK money. Cool. Interesting news. I mean, again, as we say, uh, normally it's a bullish sign for Nikon investors because they are confident 
that they're going to do well in the future. <clears throat> And now for some third-party news for you. The Voigtlander, or Fuchtlander, as we've been yeah. told to say it, 65mm F2 Micro is now in stock at Grays of Westminster. We do have limited stock of this new, lovely, full-frame macro lens. Yes, everyone's favourite German brand is made in Japan. That's correct. Now, we also have... TT Artisan, who have released an 11mm f2.8 fisheye for the F and Z mounts. I like the fact that they've gone both mounts here. It's not one lens that fits them all, no. but you can order a specific mount depending on what camera you have. But the good news is it's full frame, so it's quite wide. It's a manual focus, and to be honest with you, the depth field is so huge that manual focus is absolutely fine. The close focusing distance is about 17 centimeters and it's weighs depending on the mount between 440 grams to about 600 grams. It's only cost $215, which is again, really, really affordable. That's brilliant. Now it's interesting that the specs obviously change whether you're shooting with a DSLR or a Z as well. So the closest focusing distance on the F mount is 25 centimeters. Mm -hmm. On the Z it's 17 centimeters. And it's got a different optical construction between the two mounts. But it's great to see um, that both options are on offer. You're right. So the mirrorless version will have 11 elements in seven groups and the DSLR version has 12 elements in 10 groups. So it's not just a swap of the mount. There's another element added there. That's right. Basically two lenses in one. That's true. Yeah. Next up, Seven Artisans released a new cinema lens for the Z lens. Z lens, yeah, a new cinema lens. That's really nice. Those senior lenses are becoming very, very inexpensive. Normally, before, senior lenses, obviously the professional ones would cost a fortune, mm. but then the Chinese company started to come in and release those. And it started for about $2,000, then it went down to about $1,000. Now this one is only priced at $320. Let me tell you what it is. It's a 12 millimeter T2.9 and it's an APS-C mirrorless mm -hmm. Z cine lens. DX. So it will, it will fit your DX bodies like your ZFC, your Z50 and your Z30, all of which can shoot 4K. Mm -hmm. So nice way to take advantage of that. That's true. And it will give you equivalent of 18 millimeter on a full frame sensor. So the lens is quite solid. It's got 12 elements in 10 groups, priced at $320. Uh, the more information will come soon. So once we have a little bit more information on the weight and size of it, we will let you know. And then Astro Hori is rumored to announce 12 millimeter f2.8 fisheye full frame lens as well. So we've got 11 fisheye, from TT Artisan and 12mm fisheye from Astro Hoya, which is really cool. No prices off yet, surprisingly, because it's rumored, but the picture's already out. And again, it's 180 uh, degrees viewing angle, so pretty much everything you can see. Excellent. Now, this is a Z lens, presumably, because yes. it doesn't say, yeah. It is. Cool. Right. Next up, our favorite one to pronounce, Mikey announced a 25mm f0.95 APS-C mirrorless lens for the Nikon Z mount. So 25 mil is going to be what? 40. On, on a DX, yeah. Sounds about right. Pretty cool, isn't 40 it? 40mm f0.95. We're starting to really get those 0.95 lenses at pretty affordable prices. Obviously, I don't think it's going to be super sharp wide open. But again, it seems to me that you buy this lens really for the looks and we would recommend to shoot stop down. But it's only priced at $370. Again, not very expensive compared to Nikon equivalents. Eight and a half grand. Yeah, that is that is sharp wide open. So what can you say? And it's, I mean, it's different. It's completely it's different. It's very different. And again, it's one of those that I would say if you do go for ultimate sharpness, then maybe have a look at 51.2 since price and value is very good on that one while it's still aimed for professionals. Exactly. 
Okay, and now we have some film news for you. Yeah, so Ilford launched Kent Mir 100 and 400 ASA slash ISO in 120 medium format. Yay, new film. Yeah, we always love some new yeah. film. Well, it's not a brand new film stock at all. It's been available um, for quite a while, I think since to about 2009 in 35mm format. So now it's available for us medium format shooters. So Kent Mir films were always a budget option. And Harman, who owns both brands, Ilford and Kentmere, produced the film in the same factory and is basically going through the same quality reassurance processes. Now, the reason why the film is cheaper, according to Ilford themselves, it will have a little bit less silver. That's all it is. It looks nice. I yeah. mean, those sample images look really lovely. Yeah, I mean, for five quid a roll, that's pretty affordable. That's recommended retail price of it, so that's good. And then 100 film is quite low grain. 400 is a little bit more grain, but it's a little bit more pushable as well. If you do like to push your film to about 600 ISO, you can still do that. If you look at the sample image supplied, 400 ISO film looks very nice. It's, I wouldn't call them high contrast films compared to something like HP5, mm. but it really works well on skin tones in my opinion. Good. Next up, some sad news for you. Fujifilm have announced another price hike in a letter communicated to the Fujifilm distributors in the UK to stockists, the price increase came into effect on the 1st of December, no forewarning, <laughs> and all the back-ordered stock would fall into the price hike. So stockists were offered to keep their orders at the increased price or cancel them. Yeah, so you imagine you've done pre-orders yeah. on all that film that'd been out of stock for months, and then you were told, uh, well, you can have that at a higher price. Yeah. So. That's why probably it's not a good idea to do pre-orders on the film. Yeah. Nowadays. Now, the price hike ranges between 20 and 30%, depending on the film stock. For example, Fujifilm 200 has been increased by 25%, while the Superior 400's increased by 20%, and Velvia 50 in 120 format has increased by 30%. So it's not cool. It's not cool. And you know what? Fujifilm has been on my naughty list for this year. I don't think they're going to get any presents from Santa. I'll tell you why. First of all, 400H has been discontinued yeah. for quite some time, 35 mil, and then 120 was this year. Then there were rumors of them shutting down productions completely. Mm. Now it seems like the production has been resumed. And they had a price hike early this year, and now they have another price hike. So overall, not cool Fujifilm. I mean, I really hope that maybe this price increase will go somewhere. Maybe they'll start production. Maybe they'll invest it into manufacturing of new plant or new devices to produce Who knows? But just increasing the prices and non-supplying film, I don't think it's a great idea. A lot of Fujifilm films have been out of stock for quite some time. The Fujifilm 200 film in 35mm recently arrived in stock. That's a replacement of C200 film that they had before. That's right. So lots of things to think about, but I hope you're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And hope it's not a train. <laughs> for your weekend read and watch segment, we have yours truly with the wonderful Joe McNally, who joined us live from his hotel in London via Zoom to chat with us for an hour on Friday. He shared a lot of images, told us plenty of stories, promoted his latest book, which is called The Real Deal. And honestly, it was probably the best hour we've had in a very long time. So yeah, I agree. It was great. And uh, so we highly recommend that you go and catch up with that if you yeah. haven't watched it already or didn't join us on we the day. We highly recommend you to talk to Joe when you see him.
is wonderful chat. Absolutely. And that's a wrap. Thank you very much for joining us today. Yes, thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe. We're very close to hitting another milestone on our subscribers for YouTube and it would be superb to uh, to hit something monumental before the end of the year. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, please do give us a follow, a rating, a review, any of those things. It's super appreciated. Helps our little podcast grow. Exactly. I mean, we've grew it quite a bit this year, but we want to grow more. And you can find us on Apple iTunes, Amazon Unlimited, and Spotify's all over the world in high fidelity. Lovely. If you'd like to find us on the internet, we're also on Instagram at Rebecca underscore Danese, the shops at Nikon at Gray's. And I'm at Constantine Koshkin. There you go. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.